Before we begin, I would just like to remind you that this is the third episode in our series about the unsolved homicide of Richard Adderson. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I'd invite you to listen to them before you listen to this week's show. Thanks. Today, road rage is a household expression used throughout the world. But back in the summer of 1987, when the newscasters at KTLA, a local TV station in Los Angeles, first began using that term, few people outside the area had ever heard of it. That summer proved to be an extraordinarily violent one on the incessantly congested L.A. freeways. The city seemed to have assumed the crown as America's road rage capital during those sweltering months. There were as many as 70 reported highway shootings, with at least five people confirmed dead and 11 wounded. As one author, Stephanie Buck, described in a piece she wrote for Medium.com, taxi drivers asked passengers for permission to take surface streets instead of congested freeways. People stopped looking into other cars or honking altogether. They gave other drivers the right of way. It was basically widespread panic throughout the city, and Daryl Gates, the chief of LAPD at the time, penned an open letter to the city pleading for a return to civility. He wrote, We are perceived as being hostile to the extreme, forcing our way through traffic at gunpoint. Although that is an exaggeration, it is unfortunately closer to reality than it would have been just a few years ago. End quote. The Los Angeles Times, which published Gates's letter, added its own moniker to the mix and labeled the escalating violence on the roads as highway hostility. Nevertheless, efforts to curb the trend seemed to work. These efforts included the reallocation of funding, a greater police presence on the roads, an increase in the number of California Highway Patrol officers, and stiffer penalties for even carrying a firearm in a vehicle. As a result, the violence eventually subsided, and the term road rage faded from the headlines and from the public's memory. It wasn't until the mid-1990s that road rage began making its way back into the news. And by that time, the term had already crossed the Atlantic. It was an amazing sight for motorists stuck in traffic in the North London suburb of Hendon. After cars had jockeyed for last-minute advantage, they watched as a leading member of Britain's Orthodox Jewish community leaped out of his gold Mercedes and punched a Buddhist monk sitting at the wheel of a Nissan Micra. The attack earned David Schreiber, an elder in the United Synagogue, a fine and convictions for assault and threatening behaviour. It also placed him among a growing number of ordinary British people caught up in road rage a problem that police, motoring organizations, and psychologists say is sweeping the country. Of course, that was Britain, and this is the United States. Even so, when Richard Adderson was shot on the side of I-84 in February of 1997, the media was quick to use the trendy catchphrase and label his death as the first fatal road rage casualty in New York State. From the outskirts of New York City... Slim Turkey is pseudonymously hosted by Lee Purchase, with the occasional cluck from the Yonkers love chicken himself, Mr. Slim Turkey. As I slowly inched toward the toll booth, a guy in a black SUV cuts in front of me, pretends I'm not there, 
edges forward in his massive black machine. I mutter, but I do nothing. However, if this guy had done this to my mother, she would, without a second's hesitation, slam her car into his, leap out of hers, smash his windshield with a crowbar while swearing at him like a wild woman. And as the guy would jump out of his vehicle, running toward her, screaming, Are you crazy? She would swiftly kick him in the nuts. And he would crumble to the ground, holding his privates, this magnificent fury beyond his comprehension. He would simply reiterate, Are you crazy? What a woman. The poem is titled, A Guy in a Black SUV, and it's written by William J. Harris. I remember reading it for the first time earlier this summer. It made me laugh, but not because the poet's mother was fearless with a short fuse, but because she actually reminded me of my own mother and of a different time altogether. You see, the term road rage may have been relatively new at the time Richard was shot, but as Ken Daly, a veteran California Highway Patrol officer, succinctly stated back in 1987, it's nothing new. Just now they have weapons. I would like to believe that earlier generations would have handled these type of situations in a more civilized manner. Yeah, crack windshield and kicking the ball equals a pretty shitty day for most of us. But you win some, you lose some. But you live, you live to fight another day. You live to fight another day. And isn't that one of life's most important lessons? To me, a guy in a black SUV represents a lost era of greater intimacy. When people handle their problems directly, face to face. Not always looking for the easy way out, not with a gun. But hold up, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, am I saying that Richard Adderson's murder was a case of road rage? Well, not yet. As I mentioned in our first episode, there are some lingering questions. On the one hand, according to his son Dave, Richard had a temper, and you wouldn't want to cross him because he was a tough guy. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that when that unknown motorist in his green Jeep sideswiped Richard's Volvo, he was none too pleased. My dad had that car for only a couple years. I think he liked that car quite a bit. And when the two men pulled off to the side of the road, Richard voiced his displeasure with someone who was likely intimidated by his stature. Remember, Richard was an imposing man. On the other hand, There are certain factors that cast doubt on the road rage theory. One in particular is the media itself. As I alluded to earlier, the term road rage had seemingly gained momentum by the mid-1990s. In an article entitled Road Rage Versus Reality, David Murray states, once a phenomenon picks up a label, that label tends to be applied to more and more things. We find it everywhere. There has always been a degree of, of aggression while driving, but what did we used to call it? Nothing. Now that we have a name, we look for things that seem to be similar and build a pathology. Yeah, 
This is a classic case of what psychologists call confirmation bias. Once we have a belief about a certain person or situation, we tend to pay attention to the information that confirms our pre-existing belief, and then we disregard information to the contrary. After all, we do like to think that our beliefs are well-founded and well-thought-out. So, had some in the media rushed to judgment and mistakenly hyped Richard's death as the first of its kind on the East Coast? In this episode, we'll dive into both sides of that argument and see what we learn. What is road rage? Well, there are certainly quite a few varied definitions of this bad behavior. Actually, criminal behavior. Let's call it what it is. Some variations are subtle, some not so much. I'll refer to two that make the most sense, at least to me. The first being from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which interestingly does make a distinction between aggressive driving and road rage. It defines road rage as the moment a driver commits moving traffic offenses so as to endanger other persons or property, an assault with a motor vehicle or other dangerous weapon by the operator or passenger of one motor vehicle on the operator or passengers of another motor vehicle. So there has to be some intent to cause either harm or damage. That means cutting someone off in traffic, tailgating, and or flashing your brights at that driver who's annoyingly obeying the speed limit in the left lane, flipping someone the bird, even calling him an asshole as you pass in the right lane. Those all may be traffic offenses, but not according to the NHTSA road rage. The second one is the paradigm put forth by two sociologists, Philip Smith and Ryan King, in their study, From Road Rage to Everyday Automotive Incivility. They assert that road rage is comprised of five distinct elements. It must be a deliberate, dangerous act of prolonged and irrational aggression that ultimately generates fear in its victims. Let's apply that to what we know about the evening on which Richard Adderson was involved in his fateful collision. Bruce McLevy, a New York State police lieutenant at the time, categorized it as a minor property damage automobile accident that escalates into an argument and results in the death of one of the individuals. I've seen photos of the damage to the Volvo, and it suggests that the killer had sideswiped the driver's side of Richard's vehicle presumably while either passing him or attempting to pass him in the left lane of a two-lane highway. Both men then pull off to the shoulder. Now, we'll never know what each man was thinking as he exited his vehicle, but we could safely piece some of the facts together and try to fill in the blanks. Obviously, anger played a role in the encounter, and it didn't take long before passing motorists observed two men in a heated argument on the side of the road. Richard's son, Dave, does admit that his father had a temper. And like I said, he did, he did have the capacity to have a hot temper sometimes. So I'm, I'm assuming that he wasn't too pleased about the, the entire situation. Right. And by no means did the killer attempt to de-escalate the situation. Remember, he walked out of his vehicle armed with a loaded 40 caliber handgun. And most likely, he was pissed off too. That's never a good combination. 
according to several studies, riding with a firearm in a vehicle is a marker for aggressive and dangerous driver behavior. And those with guns in their vehicles are more likely to engage in road rage behaviors. But don't misinterpret what I'm saying, because I am in no way making a blanket statement that people with guns have road rage. I will repeat that. I'm not making the blanket statement that people with guns have road rage. I'm simply quoting a study that asserts that some people with guns feel emboldened to act tougher than they actually are. But let's zoom out of that for a second. Two men are angry about a car accident. Their anger makes them increasingly hostile. Each blames the other, and neither admits fault, not even partially. One of them has a weapon. Does this sound like a perfect storm or a combination of factors for a road rage incident? And there's another factor at play here, too. Until the New York State Police decide to release Richard's 911 call in its entirety, we'll never know the context as to how and why the killer identified himself as a police officer. But for argument's sake, let's assume he was a 40 to 45 year old officer of a certain rank with some power within his department who then identified himself as such and expected Richard to defer to his authority. And then let's consider for a moment Richard Adderson's likely response. He's already noticed that his eventual killer was driving with out-of-state plates. He double-checks and sees, look, they're from New Hampshire. He begins to question the officer's authority. Maybe he was thinking or even said something like, You may in fact be a police officer in New Hampshire, but we're in New York now. And just because you're a police officer doesn't mean you didn't hit my car. So they go back and forth for a bit and add the killer's hypersensitivity to having his status challenged to the mix. And that may have been the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. We had an accident. Pulled out a gun. But let's look at the other side of the coin. As mentioned earlier, there are some factors that make me question whether this was a case of pure road rage. The first being that up until Richard was shot and killed in 1997, fatal road rage cases in New York State weren't just rare, they were non existent. And statistically speaking, it would seem much more likely for the first case to happen in the most populous city in the U.S. New York City, which at the time was approaching seven and a half million residents, not in Fishkill, where the entire county experienced an average of two to three homicides per year. Richard's wife, Laura, incredulously told Unsolved Mysteries, quote, I couldn't believe that he had been shot. You live in an area that you think is safe. We came from New York City. I couldn't believe that something like that could happen here, end quote. Whatever sociological variables may have contributed to the lack of violence on New York roads, road rage, and in particular, those instances of it involving firearms, hadn't yet made its way to New York. So you have to question whether the media had been waiting to jump at the opportunity to run a deadly road rage headline in New York. Now, I know I'm going to catch some flack for that, 
especially because of the sensitivity right now to anything, anything that's perceived as an attack on the media. I'm not doing that. I'm simply raising the question, isn't it possible that as fallible human beings, some of the reporters may have been a bit too quick to label this as something that it wasn't? Before you accuse me of being irresponsible in making that claim, consider a world event that occurred that very same year, 1997, and how it was portrayed by a highly regarded, well-respected op-ed writer from the New York Times. This is BBC Television from London. Diana, Princess of Wales, has died after a car crash in Paris. Days after the horrific crash, that left three people dead, including Princess Diana. William Sapphire ran with the headline, Road Rage in Paris, and attributed the crash to the rage of one of the vehicle's passengers, Dodi Fayette. He wrote, quote, But the fault belongs to the man in command inside the speeding car who paid for his rage with his life. That car may have been chauffeured by a drunk, but it was probably propelled to killing speed by a passenger driven by an obsessive urge to race away from prying eyes, end quote. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? The thing is, Sapphire wrote that piece knowing that the driver, Henri Paul's blood alcohol content level, was found to be three times the legal limit in France. And yet, he curiously alleged road rage. Took it time. So we have Mr. Slim Turkey in the studio today. Gobble, gobble. We're discussing road rage. How does this fit into the Richard Adderson case? Was that a case of road rage? I think it escalated into road rage, right? There was, they sideswiped one of the cars. Yeah, the police or at least the newspapers say that Richard Adderson's vehicle was sideswiped by this guy. They pulled over. Pulled off to the side of the road. I assume to, you know, just exchange information. They Things start, escal- yeah, they get into an argument. Things escalated. And then the guy pulls out a gun, shoots Richard. Yeah, that's a clear case of road rage. Well, no, wait, is that? Well, we see, the thing is, we don't know the genesis of the swipe. Was the swipe because of road rage? That's the question, right? Because then if it could have started off as an innocent sideswipe and then it goes off into the and then it goes off to the side of the road, we don't know the beginning of it. Were they driving aggressively towards one another? Did someone just carelessly make a lane change and hit the other person? I think that piece is what we're missing. Because if it was the, the the former where they were aggressive, something contact was made and then they pulled over then they're obviously going to be pissed at one another they're aggressive i don't know if it really depends on how the sideswipe happened whether it was intentional or not whether it was say it was an accident road rage could occur afterwards for an accident road rage often occurs when someone is obeying the speed limit and they're not going as fast as the person behind them is that person is doing nothing intentionally but road rage stems from the person who gets so angry that this person is blocking them in traffic. So their sideswipe could have been intentional or it could have been unintentional. Whatever happened, road rage built from it. 
I'm just wondering whether or not they came out of their cars both aggressive, or was it just one person more aggressive than the other? I guess it doesn't matter, right, because of the end result of what, what happened. But I guess in terms of road rage, I kind of would love to know what caused things to escalate so quickly was because they were road, you know, they were having a road rage incident or aggressive driving, or maybe it was aggressive driving that morphed into road rage. One thing that Richard says in the 911 tape, which makes me think that he had no idea that this was coming, was he says, I didn't deserve this. You've been involved in accidents, right? This is the question. How many times have you been involved in accidents where it hasn't been your fault? <laughs> A couple. So you get out of the car pissed. That doesn't mean that you have road rage. You're just angry that yeah. you got into an accident that wasn't your fault. Exactly. And then you're, you are entitled to be angry yeah. if you get into an accident. But to a certain point. And then after right. that, you yeah. can't, you can't allow it to escalate. Yeah. Even like, just for like Richard said, even if it was just a simple swipe swipe. Can you say that again? Just the way you said it. Just the same way. Swipe swipe. Side swipe. You didn't deserve to be shot because of it. Right. No matter what. Even if, even. This is property. That's it. I just don't think that there's any justification for shooting someone yeah. on the side of the road you've already both pulled off how easy is it to call the police yeah if you guys don't want to exchange information at this I, point right now we need a mediator yeah let's call the police i like i agree with you there is no justification for uh being shot over you know property damage basically so this is road rage yeah mr slim turkey thank you for taking time out of your schedule, coming to the studio today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I will see you in a couple of weeks where we will be talking about the police investigation. There are several factors which suggest that Richard Adderson's death was a classic case of road rage, and I believe the collision and subsequent shooting stemmed from exactly that. That evening, one of the two men became so enraged, so irrational, and intimidated that he drew his weapon, shot the other man, and then cowardly drove away from the scene. Drive away from you. So this leads us to the next big question in the story. How do we know what really happened? What was the police department's involvement in this case? Were they somehow complicit in supporting one side of the argument over another? We'll discuss those questions in our next episode. I want to thank you for listening to the show. And check back in a couple of weeks for episode four. And if you like the show, please fatten up this turkey with some positive reviews on iTunes. And check out our website at slimturkey.com if you have any questions, comments, or just any information about the case. We'd love to hear from you. For now, I'm Lee Purchase, and this is Slim Turkey. Slim <laughs> Turkey.